welcome back to another episode of The Breakthrough Room. Thank you everyone who has been supporting the podcast. I don't promote this, so your word of mouth, subscriptions, ratings, and reviews, they really help me out, so I truly appreciate it. Now, for those that are new here, I'm your host, Christine, and I'm really excited for this episode. So today, I bring on my first guest of the season. She is a nutrition, wellness, and mindset coach, a personal trainer, and more recently, a firefighter. This woman is the definition of a badass, and I honestly don't think I've ever met a person who doesn't see anything as impossible, which truthfully is extremely refreshing. With that said, I am so excited to welcome Rin to the Breakthrough Room, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I loved recording it. So for obviously everyone who doesn't know, I have a guest here. Her name is Rin. and technically, we didn't really know each other three years ago. Um, we knew of each other. And I swear, this is where, like, I do believe, like, God speaks to me because I woke up one day and I was just like, oh, I have this idea. I'm going to create this this documentary thing. And then I was like, I'm going to ask her. Never spoke to you. I don't even know why. I didn't even know what I was doing. And I don't know why you said yes. <laughs> like... Like, like, why did you say yes? I said yes for a number of reasons. It's funny because I believe also in things align with you that are meant to align with you. Um, and so if someone were to ask me something, you know, like, hey, I want to interview you or I want to, you know, do so do whatever it is that's unique. Um, and they're passionate about that uniqueness. Like you are someone who's very passionate about you know, your projects and what you do. And, and when you had asked me, yeah, you had just DM'd me or whatever. And I looked at it and I was like, wow, no way. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I don't know that there's going to be any, any sort of meaning that she's going to find in this video of myself, but if I'm living already and you seemed very like, um, certain of your, I want to do this documentary about, you know, fitness or fitness, Instagram, you know, um, people, you were just very clear and I could feel that clearness from you. And so that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm open-minded to people who are trying to get on their path of passion and vision. So in one way it was like, okay, let me kind of give back. Like if, if I wanted to do something, I'd love to get a yes. Right. So it's kind of fostering your creativity. And then of course, from it, you know, I learned so much about myself, um, which was really cool. Yeah, no, I really appreciated that because truthfully, like deep down, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I had no clue where I was going with it, what I would do, what this was like. I've never done anything like it. I was like, I'm not even sure if I'm articulating what I want to do. So, yeah, no, that was probably one of my most memorable experiences as far as, like, going with this crazy idea. And you you just hopped on board. And here we are. Before we get into our conversation, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? I, um, I've been in Gilbert, Arizona now since 2016. I came out here in 08. So Arizona has kind of been my epicenter of home for me. Um, I'm not super close with, you know, my blood family. And so I've just kind of made this center of people I've met out here, just like my home. Um, and so I worked in fitness and wellness since 2016. I do nutrition coaching, wellness coaching, mindset coaching, Um, own my own training business. And then I recently got hired on as a firefighter. And so all of these passions have been something like we talked about with you wanting just woke up and we're just thinking, oh, I want to do this thing. Let me see if she'll say yes. A lot of the things that I've done in my life 
have been that where I've just been like, okay, I guess I'm going this direction. This is a crazy idea. Um, and so currently I work as a first responder and then also as a fitness coach. And I love what I do. I have a significant other that is very supportive. Um, and yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'm pretty much a one woman uh, show with a ton of people that support me and a lot of really good friends that have become family. That's awesome. And you also recently started a podcast as well, right? I also recently started a podcast. It's called The God Mafia. It's just on Spotify right now. And I'm really only making those when I feel called to talk on a topic or talk in general. And so mm-hmm. right now, I think I've made four or five. And that is really focused on the last year or two of my life that I feel like God has really taken me under his wing and um, really directed my life. I had no relationship with God prior um, to two years ago. And so I'm finally starting a platform that I talk about that. That's been hard for me to talk about. And I think too, the platform matters. So you know, on Instagram or on other platforms, yes, you're choosing to witness people's stuff, but you're not as making an active effort. Like I'm going to go listen to this podcast takes my viewer a little bit of effort, right? So I feel that Mm -hmm. God and religion or spirituality, in my opinion, which might be right or wrong, should be talked about to an active seeker of that information and not necessarily broadcast just to anyone who kind of may, may or may not be ready for that conversation. And you um, identify as Christian? Yes, I identify as Christian. More recently, I have actually looked into the Catholic faith. So I was raised Catholic. um, And so right now I'm practicing Catholicism Mm -hmm. and identify with that. Uh, I think most of my dominant beliefs is easier mirrored with just Christianity. Um, And then as I kind of investigate and research and feel like in prayer, um, kind of ascertaining Catholicism as well. So as a listener and anyone who is listening, I really like I genuinely love your podcast. And I think I think what's so great about it is that it doesn't actually what's the word? If you're listening, you don't necessarily have to have this religion association, um, which I think is huge because I identify as Christian because honestly, that it just makes people comfortable to be labeled as something. They just know what you are. But really what it comes down to is like. I just have a relationship with God and a lot of my beliefs are just are just more in line with Christianity. But for someone like me, I don't like the feeling of being spoken to as like you have to believe this because this is your label. It's more of the relationship with God. So for anyone out there that is listening and wondering like or curious about their relationship, that's what I really love about your podcast. It doesn't really speak to a religion. It speaks to your relationship. And it's not speaking in like a sermon type of experience. It's more of like you just being like, this is when I experience God and this is what I recognize in my relationship with God. So I think it's so cool. And I think it's really important that there's more people having those types of conversations because I think when we label religion and spirituality, that just deters everyone from God. And that's not what we should be doing. I agree. And thank you for that feedback. That's really helpful to me. And yes, so the whole point of the podcast is me just sharing how I get about my day with this, you know, I kind of refer to God as sir a lot, you know, because that's how I kind of talk to him myself. So it's just kind of about, um, you know, if anyone were to ask, I could go into more of like what my actual religious doctrine beliefs are. But the podcast is very much like, how do I end up in this aspect of my life? And what were the conversations with this higher power that I've had? 
And we'll continue to keep kind of my religious doctrine and religious foundation kind of, um, not a mystery in that podcast, but just kind of not as much on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you call him sir, because my word or my title for God is sky daddy. (laughs) So whenever I'm talking to sky daddy, that's who I'm talking to, especially when I'm like, Oh, sky daddy's going to be mad at me. (laughs) That's awesome. I Um, I love that. But I really love the last episode, the homecoming of God's blessings or blessing. And you touch upon a couple things on that. What did you say? It was like appreciating the homecoming of your spouse, which I feel like took on a different meaning than just, or took on a bigger meaning than just like being grateful for your partner. Because I think we just get, we understand gratitude, but we don't really understand gratitude. I know that doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. So I thought that was really cool on how you explained the homecoming of your loved ones. Do you want to dive into that a little bit more? Yeah. And um, yeah, I kind of was getting some thoughts together knowing I was meeting with you for today's talk. So it is tough because I've seen a lot of my own clients kind of make these wellness goals of I'm going to make gratitude lists and I'm going to be grateful. And I think for me, when I was speaking about appreciating the homecoming and celebrating the homecoming is really getting into a space in your own life where me as a woman or, you know, as a man, if it's the other way around, can be in awe of like, wow, look at this amazing individual coming home to me, right? And being a witness to your life instead of just kind of in it and it's 9am and it's a Wednesday and you got to get, you know, the dog fed and just those kinds of action items. But for me to be a witness um, to him and to his beauty. And yeah, there could be cheesy, you know, romance cards about it, but we do sit and appreciate mountain views and we appreciate sunsets and we appreciate the beach waves. And it's like, here's this human being that God has gifted me for whatever time period it is. And every day, you know, is really that homecoming of that blessing. Um, And so that's kind of how I live in my relationship. And it definitely has changed a lot of my old triggers, his old triggers, and has allowed for us to have a safe, vulnerable space where, you know, we can have conversation and things like that because we do each, it's not appreciate each other, like bring home flowers, but um, it's like appreciate like, wow, you exist, right? And that's kind of what I was speaking towards in that podcast. And there was another point on that podcast, which we already kind of talked about, um, which I just so appreciated in our our own off you know line conversation because it's something that has been like coming to my own thoughts and reality about what it means to be feminine and living in our in our feminine power, if you will. Because um, I feel like everything has just gotten so extremely lost in trying to correct uh, female rights and trying to cohabitate and be our own person like it's just been such a a miss and there was a quote that I heard the other day and I'm gonna have to figure out where I found it from but he said a woman who walks in her femininity femininity walks in her power and I was like I think I finally get what that means and I just wanted to hear your thoughts a little bit about it because you kind of said a few things in the last 
in your last episode that like stood out to me. But before we even bring that up, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. And my thoughts have been strongly influenced too with my relationship with God the last two years. And actually my partner and I have talked a lot about ideology of family and um, femininity and individualism in the partnership and home. And by no means is, you know, individualism a bad thing, black and white. It's definitely a gray topic, but it is fascinating how crippled and trapped a very empowered, strong, brave, independent female can actually be. And Mm -hmm. so in women's rights and correcting women's rights, yes, the goal was freedom. But then we're sitting here in 2022 and, you know, I can ask myself, am I free truly spiritually if I am, you know, a woman who needs nobody, who moves by herself, who pays for everything, who makes the plans, who does the things, um, I would argue, no, that's not freedom. That's a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you as well have, have looked at a lot of research where, you know, not having needs is fear of abandonment when you do have needs, right? So let's just not have any. So, and I've lived my own life very Um, much in that space and very masculine and very um, individual. And there's actually more power and strength when you are able to be fully who you are. And some of that, depending on who you are, might be very feminine um, and soft. And it's something that my partner knows. Um, I think two years ago when he he met me and we didn't even have as interconnected of a relationship as we do now, he was like, wow, I get to see like, a whole other side of you. And we were kind of just having a conversation and he was like, you're totally different out there, huh? And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> yes, I am. And so it wasn't a bad thing. Like I'm fake in my life or I'm fake with him, but it was him recognizing like you definitely hold a different energy. Um, mostly because you've had to for all of your life. Cause you're in these roles professionally and that's not bad either, but I think being able to embody both energies is important. Yeah. And I, I recently, I kind of, so I went through a breakup about a year ago and after that breakup in dealing with the heartbreak, I feel like I was observing a lot of people around me and a lot of relationships and kind of learning from their relationships of like what I want, what I don't want, what I hope I never do in my relationships. And I don't remember. It was one of the conversations I had with someone and I have always wanted a relationship. I mean, most people do, right? But I mean, like when I was like six years old, my only goal in life was to be a mother and to be a wife. I never was a kid who had these dreams of like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be this. I want to be that. I was like, I want to be a wife and I want to have children. And I, I just know for like growing up, it was actually shameful to have that because as women we you know our ancestors fought for our freedom to not be a wife and a mother not just be a wife and mother as if that was something to be ashamed of and so anyway in this in this time where I was like watching and learning I was like no that's what I want I want that like I'm not going to be afraid to say that and I just started talking about that openly with friends and I started getting pushback as if my desire for wanting to be a wife and have children was a reflection of my love for myself or the fact that I was lonely. It's like, well, yes, I'm lonely. I'm single, right? Like we have lonely moments. There's nothing wrong with that. But it was this weird shift that I started to see. It's like how 
people responded to me openly saying, I desire a family and a husband. And that is what I hope to achieve in in my life. As if that should be something to be like, ooh. Yes. Well, and it's the subtext of you are a weaker woman because you want to put another individual's priorities above your own. Or Mm -hmm. you're a weaker woman because you do want to be a family woman. And that is what men did to women before women's rights of you're a weak woman. So you can't do whatever it was, right? And now women are saying it to women by saying you're a weak woman. How dare you want to be a mom? So it's the same judgment and oppression. And it's hard now because it's, it's very interesting where when you look at childbirth and my significant other and I have talked about this a lot, but kids are not really seen as, you know, whole soulful created humans, right? They're either an accessory recently, or in some instances like, Oh, thank God they're taking the kids so I can go to whatever for the day, work for the day or whatever, Mm -hmm. or what am I going to do with these kids? Right. And so the societal view of children has changed dramatically as a limiter that's been impactful to women, you know, as far as a woman who wants kids, like, why would you want to limit yourself when really women are in giving birth? You know, we get applauded now as entrepreneurs, right? I have a clothing line. I have a fitness business and I get all these applause from other, you know, 2022 women for doing those things. But the ultimate creation and manifestation of any thought is a child, right? So I can manifest an actual person. And that is not necessarily as celebrated as it was. And it's almost kind of looked down upon as far as like a view that a woman and a man is now in a boxing ring. And by somehow, you know, being pregnant or being just a wife, I'm now like weaker and we're fighting against each other. And this somehow limits me in this boxing match against my own spouse mm-hmm. when really that spouse role for both partners is about union. Right. And so yeah. it's kind of gotten a, a bit odd. I don't talk about my relationship openly with many women that have been very close to me um, because I don't want their toxicity. And there's been a lot of, we talked about male to- masculine toxicity, but the feminine toxicity is rampant. Um, and you see it a lot on media and you see it a lot everywhere. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, like I, I've literally stopped following even if they're jokes because they just spark such an unhealthy conversation between men and women. Everything is so generalized as all, you know, women are gold diggers. All men are, you know, bums, whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the intention, like you said, was to to give us freedom to give us rights, to be, you know, and that is, that is what I think people have forgotten is like, no, we have the choice now. We have the choice to be a CEO and we also have the choice to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, the, the knee-jerk reaction to criticize other women for aspiring to just, to quote unquote, just be a stay-at-home mom is really, in my opinion, a projection of their own pain and fear because I don't think they realize having the choice to be taken care of financially from a man or by a man does not mean you're limited in your life. If you have to take care of yourself, you can. And that's where the mind shift needs to happen is like 
making a choice is not a permanent decision. No, I can make a choice to be per like taken care of financially. If that doesn't work out, guess what? I can figure it out and make it work also. I don't think people realize that or want to accept that. And I think in general, people don't want to accept a belief system that they have seen fail in their own life or they've seen, mm -hmm. or that like you said, that they fear the outcome for themselves, right? Like, oh no, what if, you know, this man leaves me or whatever it is. Um, but when you are empowered and you know you can take care of yourself, you know, I, I had put on my Instagram a really long time ago and it was just such a small thing. And I kind of made a joke like, you know, I really want to be, be married and I really want to have kids. But in the meantime, look at all the crazy shit I've done, just waiting for the other thing that I actually want to do. <laughs> like yeah. I'm just buying, not, you know, buying time. And I've just, well, that's not here yet, you know, but I would readily give up everything that I've built easily with no shame anymore. Um, and like, yeah, this is my life that I prefer and I don't owe an explanation to anyone. Um, and I think some women feel that they owe explanations to other women. Mm -hmm. And my personal friends, some of them, when I don't give the explanation of what's going on and my significant other and I are on a very unique timeline um, and it doesn't fit societal norms timeline, you know, they want to know those updates of like points that, you know, it's okay that I'm in this relationship. And it's like, I don't need to prove to you that it's okay. I am. I know that I am and I'm loved and I'm good. Um, but they want to kind of protect you from making these decisions that could lead you to pain when really they're just in their own pain. Totally. Um, kind of what I've experienced. Yeah. I mean, ultimately we're just the sick leading the sick. Like we're all, we're all trying to figure it out. So you really cannot take advice from other people who are also trying to figure it out. Correct. Like it just doesn't make sense. But let me ask you, what does a two part question, what does being feminine mean to you or being in your feminine energy mean to you? And when did you like, when did you finally understand how to be in that energy? I had no idea how to be in it at all, 0% until the pandemic, which shut down gyms um, because I was a workaholic and in the fitness industry at the time, now there's a lot more females in it. At the time that I got started, it was a masculine industry. And so to be successful, you mirror other successful fitness trainers and coaches, which were men. So I would have dominant, aggressive, bold, decision-making, brave energy all the time. And I didn't really know that I had that until I kind of felt more feminine. Um, and that was when I didn't have to work, which is interesting because you just brought up, right? Not having to work in the home. Mm -hmm. And so when I didn't have to work or get to work because it was illegal to open a gym, it was a solid 60 or 90 days. And I was a lot softer just because I didn't have to carry so much responsibility in the workplace and the tasks and achievements and things like that. And then definitely meeting, um, you know, my now significant other, then we did separate for a while, but that was where I started to feel like, okay, like I feel safe with you. You're making decisions. You have my best interest at heart. When I'm with him now, I'm definitely in my feminine energy. I dress different. I, um, act different. I'm softer. And so I feel taken care of and safe. Um, emotionally. And that's when I'm like, oh yeah, like, yeah, you know, I get to see you. I can be totally, you know, who I am and not have any guards up because when you are with the world, you're interfacing with coworkers or bosses that they may not have your best interest at heart. And so to finally be with a person who does have your best interest at heart, it allows me to be feminine. 
I love that you give him some credit to your feminine energy because another thing that I have noticed is that the women that are afraid to be feminine would never dare give someone else credit for their progress in this experience. And with my ex, I would get a lot of the comments of like, you give him more credit or you you give him more credit for this feeling you had. And, I'm, and I would like really think about this because I'm like trying to understand what people mean. And I was like, no, I definitely have done a lot of healing on my own. And without that, I wouldn't have been able to come to a place at, at the stage I was where I was, where the way I was when I was with him. However, he allowed me and made me feel safe and encouraged it and support it. Like there are two participants in that experience. It's not just one. Totally. It's really crazy our society right now because, you know, we give credit to our parents for their influence in our life. We give credit to some teacher in the eighth grade that changed your life. But God forbid we give credit to the man we're dating who's now going to be the more significant, if not most significant than a parent. And um, I felt that I heard that same feedback, too, from my friend because he was significant in helping me guide um, my career shifts in the pandemic. And there were significant things that happened that I can literally scientifically prove, like I wouldn't be where I am today unless he had been in my life. And, oh, that makes traumatized women very mad. <laughs> um, so bizarre. You know, so it is odd. Um, I think we as women now are just being fed a story that you can do everything by yourself and that's fine. You can, but you also have the option to do it with others and fellowship. And, you know, maybe that is because Christianity and re other religion doctrine is not as prominent maybe in 2022 um, because that is a lot about community and fellowship and loving your neighbor, you know, mm -hmm. as God would love them. Right. Um, I'm not sure the why, but yeah, it is very much. And that's what goes into my point of being able to witness your own miracles and partner as truly what they are. You know, if you're afraid to give someone credit, you're never going to be in that true gratitude place. You're just going to be like, oh, this guy's really great. You know, yep. what is that? What kind of level of relationship is that? You know? Yep. Yep. And I think, well, actually, real quick before I go into that second thought. I don't know if you've noticed on Instagram, but there is this soft women's trend happening. I don't know for how long, but it's ultimately talking about what we're talking about. It's actually encouraging women to be in the in softness, be soft. Like we can still run businesses, but then also know when to be soft. But um, so I'm I'm kind of hopeful now <laughs> that maybe people will start to get it. But OK, so something else that you talked on your podcast, which we didn't really get into, but has also been very heavy on my mind. Now, I don't feel like like, OK, let me backtrack right now. I feel like the stuff I'm doing is really geared more towards women, but I have such a compassionate place for men. And I, at this point, I don't really know how to speak on that yet. So maybe that will shift. But something that you had said was that men also deserve a safe space. They deserve thoughtfulness. They deserve a non-emotionally hostile environment where they could be flawed, not perfect, and it's safe. And, and then you talk about not wanting, trying not to persecute. And I just, 
it's funny because femininity is not just about being a woman or being flamboyant. It's also allowing men to live in their feminine energy. And that's exactly what you were kind of talking about. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it's super important. So I think that sometimes at least how I don't even want to say how I was raised, but just in discussions with other women in my 20s and things like that, it's like, you know, how dare he do this? How dare he do that? How dare he set your boundaries? And I did have a problem with setting boundaries, which makes you kind of even more so like, I better set this boundary, you know, and mm-hmm. persecute and things like that. But true love is, you know, I always flip the coin on the other side. So if I had, you know, made a, a mistake or done something, whatever, I was grumpy because of whatever. Um, and he's like, well, how dare you be grumpy, like, and just kind of attack me, you know, I would be upset. And so I've kind of flipped the coin in my understandings of his and I's, you know, personalities, because yes, we're really gracious to be with each other, but he might not always be perfect, right? And people don't realize what that looks like, where if he's tired, and maybe he says something a little off, and I misunderstood it, I can take a pause and, you know, have my own feeling. There's space for my feelings about it. But the discussion is, well, wow, like how how could you say something like that? But the, it's a calm, you know, I'm standing up for my feelings, but I'm so I'm showing up with my shield being like, wow, that hurt. But I don't have my sword out stabbing mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And so that allows us to have a discussion where maybe he's like, wow, you know, words have meanings. And I don't know why I said that. I thought whatever. I, I actually, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So it allows him to be honest, um, and vulnerable as well. And I think it's a better way to go about things. Um, you're never self-abandoning or sacrificing your own feelings, but just because, you know, I want to go running and he wants to take a nap doesn't mean that he needs to be running right this moment. Like that is oppression from my side and not love. Um, And same goes for big emotional changes, moving in and doing different things. He's not a bad man who doesn't love you just because he's not doing exactly what you want to be done right this moment. And I think sometimes in society, you know, I've been taught as a female, like, that's not okay for him to do because if he really loved you, he would do X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, what if I wasn't ready to move in or share bank accounts? And he was like pushing me like I would that's not love um and so I think it's really important to not be hostile you know we kind of have a joke like I do get sassy you know with things like sorry for being sassy and he's like no you don't owe an apology either you know I'm allowed to be me he's allowed to be him but the yelling and the kind of like you're my enemy is something that's super toxic yeah I think in our attempt again to Um, validate our freedom there's like an underlying hostility of like how women have felt oppressed and feel oppressed you know in different areas of our life that that has not gone away Um, but in relationships like that that underlying hostility does not allow a man to also feel vulnerable and emotionally safe to have complicated feelings and they also have not been allowed to express their feelings. That That's their own generational, like, issue. Um, but it's just, 
it's just interesting because I I've really been paying attention a lot more to men's health because like I feel like as a woman like I get women right but we all kind of have to take care of ourselves but now it's like okay but what about the men because without the women we can't do what we do with men men can't do what they do without us like we both got to be healthy here and allowed to be flawed so yeah there's a lot of I think burning at the stake going on for men mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I'm not talking about dramatically disrespectful acts, but just the smallest little thing of whatever it might be. Oh, you know, you looked at me the wrong way after work, whatever, something really minor, like it doesn't necessarily deserve to be persecuted. Like yeah. basically, you know, everything you, you've ever been to me now that you've done this one thing, that's all you are is this mm -hmm. one thing that I'm mad about. And you're, def you're kind of contributing to his negative self-definition if you do those things and you kind of, you know, pinpoint him at the stake for just doing that one thing, you know, versus, no, this is the man you are. You know, I always tell him, you're a great man. He's like, no, I'm not. I was like, no, you're a great man. You know, you struggled or whatever. We struggled, but, you know, I'm still going to go. We had a really heavy emotional discussion one time. And he said, like, well, what do you want to do now? As we weren't leaving each other, you know, yeah. so I well, I'm still the same girl I was. I'm fine to go kayaking. Like, I'm yeah. not mad at you. I'm just, we're having an uncomfortable conversation, but I'm still who I am. Like, I'm still going to go kayaking now with you. It doesn't mean that we've changed our views of each other just because we've discussed how we're both feeling. Yeah. Something I've tried to change, which I, again, observed in that like year of going through that breakup that I did not like, is I was watching my girlfriends go on dates and, you know, they would get caught up in dating and then whatever, whether it was one date or multiple dates. And if they didn't like the person or decided they weren't going to be with that person, all of their feedback was neg negative stuff about him. Like he doesn't do this. He doesn't make money. He doesn't have a good job. He he right. Just whatever. And I was just like. Could it just be like, you don't have to justify what you want in a man. You don't have to justify what he has in his bank account and what kind of job he has. But why do we have to negatively call it out for you to justify not wanting to date him? So as I've been trying to date again, I'm really trying to reframe the way in my head, the way I decide that I don't want to keep seeing them. And it's always like, you know what? We just don't we don't have the same lifestyle. Like we don't have the same values. I'm just not feeling a connection. Like I don't want to sit here and pinpoint why I don't like his lifestyle. That's his lifestyle. There will be a woman that likes his lifestyle. Just doesn't fit my lifestyle. And it's just an interesting thing that I've noticed that women do is like they, and I'm sure men do it. They just pick apart why they don't like the person. It's like, it's not what you don't even know him. Why are we talking about him so negatively? Which is awesome that you're doing that because the central nervous system is all a bunch of, you know, neuron transmitters that have this pathway. So we know this about other habits and things. If you have a smoothie at 9 a.m., you're more, more likely to have a smoothie at 9 a.m. the next day. So if we pick apart the people that we're dating, we're going to continue to pick apart and blame if the relationship isn't going well, you know, on their aspects alone. Um, and it's like, you know, I don't have a lot of money in my bank account. I'd hate to be defined by just that. Um, and so it's kind of odd, you know, it's okay to be going through struggles if I'm a female because, oh, inflation and gas prices, but God forbid he not have his life together. Exactly. Um, you also said something on your podcast that really like stuck out to be about it not being your job to love him. 
but it was your job to love the blessings God put in your life. Can you explain that a little bit more? Because I, I think at first, and then you said something similar, your partner's not there to serve you and you're, you're not there to serve them. And like, I think when other people hear that, it's just like, wait, what? Like, no, I'm supposed to love them, you know, serve them, whatever they define serve as and vice versa. So yeah. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think sometimes when we get into love, we get into, will this last forever? And kind of some panic about like, oh no, what if this doesn't last? Right. And I think for me, in my relationship with God, it's me trusting God and having faith that he has put the right people, the right jobs, the right friends, you know, the right Christine to make a podcast in my life at the right times. And yes, it's my job to love him, but it's really more so about as a woman of faith, it's my job to love everything that I'm served by God. And God has definitely put him in my life um, the first time and now for a second time. And so it's me, if you're able to love all things in your life because God has put them there and put those people there, it's not about loving him in some sort of temperament or moment, or I'm loving you on a Thursday when you're late from work, or I'm loving you. You know, it's, it's, it's more so about, I love that you are here with me and God has placed you here. And so of course, by a factor, you end up loving, loving him and serving him, but it's not because he has to earn it. He doesn't have to be lovable for me to love him. And people say those things and there's quotes and things like that, but it's really like, I've lived many lives alone on a bean bag with fungus in my carpet, with a dollar in my bank account, with breaks that were a thousand dollars and no human, let alone man was sitting there in that bean bag with me. Mm -hmm. And gratitude of, wow, God just now placed this man in my life. <laughs> wow. Like this is definitely my job to love him. Just like it's my job to show up to an interview. You know, God opens doors, you walk through them. So for me, I made that point, which yeah, it does sound kind of like, do you love him? You know, um, or what do you mean? But it's like, God has not only put a door in my life to a job or a new career, and it's my job to show up. It's like, God has put this human soul in my life. And it's my job to take care of him the way I would take care of a child or some other blessing that, um, you know, God has a direct hand in. Mm -hmm. So it kind of sounds like if I'm using my words, we're not loving another person or serving another person and putting them on a pedestal. We're nurturing that relationship and that dynamic and that person as he is or she is, whoever they are. Because otherwise it's like, oh, well, I just love him. So him, 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 you know, and that's where I think it's misunderstood when we're talking about women not understanding being in their feminine energy. It's my love. Or it's my job to love and nurture. Yes, the blessing. Um, and he doesn't have to necessarily earn it or meet my markers or meet my timelines in order, because if it is not of God's will, it will not work out. It'll be taken away. Right. So God has never kind of put me in the wrong place before things have ended, things have started. And so it has to do with having faith that you're in the right place at the right time. And this is kind of off topic, but interesting to hear you say that, you know, in a relationship, 
obviously we say it's on God's time and if it's not going to work out, it's not going to work out. But how do you truly live in that space every single day as you love this man? Yeah, because it kind of could, it has the potential to trigger one's anxiety and abandonment, Mm -hmm. fear. Um, I think it's easier now because we were together and then I actually ended it. We were apart. And, you know, a lot of things about relationships with God is, yes, it's God's will, but you also have to show up as, you know, a counterpart to that with action. So, you know, if things do work out or not work out, that's you being called by the Holy Spirit, right? So you kind of have to take some ownership too, because otherwise it's not going to end or continue because it's also your action. So that gets tricky, but um, to have ended it and then in this one scenario kind of had been connected all through that time apart to then now be in a relationship, witnessing our relationship now, it gives me a lot more faith that the right things work out or don't work out. I think for me, I live in that space because I've been through so much trauma. I know that a closing chapter or the most painful chapter would, the only reason that that would be happening is if it was truly for the right reason and that there was something that I didn't know. I'm a big believer, you know, like non-religiously, right? The butterfly effect and crash and those movies. Um, every little thing leads to something else. And so I could believe that this is the absolute perfect life for me forever. And then 12 years from now, it's actually the most unhealthy thing that is not right, you know, and I don't Mm -hmm. have God's eyes to see that. So it's almost like a blind trust. And I learned a lot about that in the pandemic when the world did shut their doors and I just had to sit there like, okay, God, like, what do you want me to do now? This makes no sense, you know, Um, and walking more with blind trust makes it easier. Well, I think you've said it perfectly, walking a blind trust. That is such a complicated thing to do. But honestly, we really don't know what tomorrow brings. So what are you going to do? Just be nervous all the time. (laughs) But I have really enjoyed this conversation. Um, Again, I really appreciate you doing this with me honestly I, I love the conversation just on a personal level but so so much for the podcast so thank you so much yeah absolutely thank you for having me and I love uh discussing this it helps me kind of know myself better too and um I love the work that you're doing awesome thank you well real quick before we go why don't you let people know where they can find you your podcast Instagram whatever it is that you want to promote yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at Rinalise, R-I-N-E-L-I-S-E. Um, it is a private account now because I am a first responder, so I try to keep those worlds separate. But if you follow me, um, send me a message. You can also um, find my clothing at smgear, G-E-A-R with an underscore, um, and connect in any way on those. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If there is anything that resonated with you in our conversation today, please share with your friends, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. I appreciate all your support and I will talk to you next week.